I think every one of us remember as a kid that feeling you get when you see the first gifts under the Christmas tree. I know that I would get so pumped up and I would start wondering what could possibly be in that gift. And I would try to find ways where I could sneak up and grab a hold of it. And I remember my parents would get so frustrated with me. They'd even tell me, you know, they'd have to put rules in place. And they'd say, Dan, if you find out what the gift is, we're going to have to bring it back to the store. You know, I was just that ornery. So they had to put those type of rules on me. But the truth was, I needed those rules because as soon as they left the room and they weren't paying attention, I would go in there and I'd grab the grift and I'd shake it and I'd just think, you know, what could it be? What, what am I going to find under the Christmas tree this Christmas? You know, there's a question that we ask a lot this time of the year. And it's the question, what do you want for Christmas? And it's a really fun question to ask the kids. Because if you've ever asked this to a kid, they know exactly what they want for Christmas. And it can be surprising, it could be crazy, but you'll ask them, what do you want for Christmas? So like, I want this toy, or I want this iPod, I want these Beats headphones. You can ask a younger kid, and sometimes it's just crazy, like, I want to ride on a spaceship this Christmas. <laughs> you know? We, we all know exactly what we want when we're a kid for Christmas. And the truth is, we spend a lot of time searching for things in the Christmas season. You know, whether it's searching for the perfect gift or maybe searching for that bargain gift, searching for the neighborhood with the best Christmas lights, maybe searching for the closest parking space at the mall. We have different things we're searching for, but I wonder if I were to just take a moment and pause and ask you tonight, have you really found what you're searching for this Christmas? I think unfortunately for a lot of us in this room, the answer would probably be no. You know, it's interesting that most people missed the very first Christmas because they were too busy. Have you thought about that? The businessmen were too busy and they missed the first Christmas. The politicians, they missed it. The religious people, they missed it. The innkeepers, they missed it. In fact, the only people who caught the true meaning of the first Christmas were those who were looking for it. It was the shepherds. The shepherds were looking for Jesus and since they were searching for him, they found the true meaning of the first Christmas. We see it here in Luke chapter 2. There's angels speaking to the shepherds. And in verse 12 it says, This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then in verse 15 it says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see. Let's go and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So you find what you're looking for. These shepherds were the only ones looking for Jesus. And since they were searching for him, they found him. In fact, we see that a period of time went by and there was another group of men who were looking for Jesus who found him as well. It was the wise men. And we see their story in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi, these were the wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We, we saw a star rise and we have come to worship him. See, we don't know much about the wise men, but we, what we do know about them is that they were searching for Jesus and they found him. They were searching for him and they found him. And I wonder, what are you searching for this Christmas? What are you looking for? And let's, let's make this real for a minute because I'm not talking about gifts underneath the tree I'm not talking about some special sale or something, but when it comes to you personally, 
What is it that you're looking for this Christmas? There's a wonderful promise from Jesus. It's found in Matthew chapter 7. He says, seek and you will find. God is is sharing with us, if we are looking for him, if we're seeking his presence, if we want to know God, we are going to find him. And and this promise is true in every area of your life, that what you look for, you're going to find that. And that could be good or it could be bad, but he's telling us, look for me and you'll find me. Look for whatever you're looking for and, and, and you'll find it. So really, maybe a better question, if we know that what we look for is what we're going to find, maybe we shouldn't ask the question, what are you searching for this Christmas? But we should ask the question, what will you find this Christmas? So it's my hope and my prayer for you that you will find two specific things this Christmas season. In fact, I hope that these would be two things that you find before you even leave the walls of this church today. If not today, I I hope that it will happen sometime during this Christmas season, but it's my hope and prayer that you'll find these things today. The first thing I hope you will find this Christmas is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Jesus came to give us forgiveness. A lot of times around this time of year, people ask the question, why all this? Why Jesus? Why did God send Jesus? And there's a very clear answer in 1 Timothy chapter 1. It says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So why did Jesus come? He came to save sinners. Well, what is a sinner? A sinner is someone who's missed the mark. They're far from God. And because they're far from God, they need forgiveness. And there's a lot of us that would say, oh, I'm, not, I'm not really that bad. I'm not really a sinner. I've, I've never murdered. I've never really cheated. I've never really done anything real bad that's got to mean someone else. But, but a sinner is someone who's not in right standing with God. And this is what the Bible says about that in Romans 3.10. says, there is no one righteous, not even one. No one righteous, not even one. So what that means is that for every one of us in this room, whether we feel like we've tried to live a good life or, or we haven't, every one of us have made mistakes along the way and we've missed the mark that God set. Because sin's just missing the mark. And the mark's not set by your mama. The mark's set by Jesus. And he says, anything where you turn your life away from me, when you're trying to do life on your own, trying to do your life without me, that sin, and every human being has done that. And because of that, you need forgiveness. And what the Christmas story reminds us is that God looked at a world of us hurt and broken people who are full of sin, who have turned away from him, and said, I'm going to make a way. So I'm going to send my son Jesus, and God from heaven sent his son Jesus, to live the perfect life, to be with us, to live sin-free. And then we see that after he lived a perfect life, he took our sins upon himself and died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. So basically, he took our place. It means no matter what you've done, you can have a relationship with Jesus where he takes your place and takes your sin and gives you his righteousness so that you can have a relationship with God and a home forever in heaven. See, Christmas time, I think this is a time where a lot of us, we, we step foot into a church and, and we might feel far from God. We might feel like, you know what, I, I haven't been at church for years and years and years. And, and the reason why is we have a tendency because... Uh, we have a tendency to think, you know what, if I can just clean myself up first, then I'm going to go ask God to forgive me and I'm going to get right with him. If I can just get this addiction out of my life, 
If I can just get this relationship out of my life, if I can somehow get rid of this problem, then I'm going to go and try to make things right with God. Where the truth is the only one that can help you clean your life up is Jesus himself. And he's standing there with his arms stretched out to you, offering forgiveness. And all we have to do is receive the free gift of forgiveness. There might be others in this room that you feel like maybe you've been closer to God in the past. That, that maybe you can remember a time where, where you were worshiping him more, you were praying more, you were, you were spending time every day focusing on him. And for whatever reason, maybe you just got out of the habit. He's, he hasn't become, he, he hasn't been as, as much of a focus as he has been in the past. So maybe it's been weeks, maybe it's been months, maybe it's been years since you've prayed, since you've come into a church service. And what's so great about our God and what we remember in the Christmas story is that when God offers his gift of forgiveness to us, he he doesn't just offer it for a little bit and then say, well, if you don't want it, and then take it away. No, the offer still stands. And maybe there's some of us in this room that would say, you know what, I feel like I've been away from God for a while and I'm almost embarrassed to ask him to forgive me again because I've been asking forgiveness for the same thing over and over and over again. And instead of beating up on ourselves, we've got to look at the fact that the God who created us loves us and he stands there with an offer of forgiveness and says, all you have to do is receive this gift. If you were to go home and someone were to have left a present on your doorstep, Every one of us would want to know what it is. We'd go home and we'd tear it open and we'd want to take advantage of having this present. We'd want to utilize it. And I wonder how many times, though, we take this free gift of God, his forgiveness, and instead of embracing it and taking a hold of it, we think, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to accept that into my life. It's my prayer today that this Christmas you would find forgiveness. The second thing that I pray for each and every one of you in this room today everyone listening to my voice, is that you would find his presence. You'd find his presence. His presence is the greatest present. Right here in the middle of the Christmas story, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So right at the center of the Christmas story is God trying to express to us that he's chose to make himself available to us. That he hasn't left us alone, but for you and for me, he he gives his presence freely to us where we can experience his love every day of our life, in good times and in bad times. See, God wants to be there with us in the good times. When we go through good times, he wants us to experience his presence where we have more joy and more happiness and more fulfillment. But there's a lot of us that also need to experience his presence when we go through bad times. Because Christmas, as many of you know, for a lot of us, we're excited because this is a time of year where it's celebration, it's wonderful, we're so happy. But there's also many of us in this room, if we were to slow down and be honest for a moment, that this Christmas might be a very difficult Christmas because of hurt from the past, because memories of things that have maybe happened over Christmases from the past, there, it can be difficult. The relationships we deal with can be difficult. In fact, there's people in this room who are going to sit around a Christmas table tonight for the very first time with someone's chair being empty because a loved one has passed away. And we look at this and go, well, this is supposed to be a joyous time, a celebration time, but really it's kind of a hard time this year. 
And with that, we see that God gives us a promise, a promise to be with us. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. He reiterates this promise to us. We see in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, he says this to you and he says it to me. I will never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. See, there's so much comfort that comes with this promise of the fact that God will never leave us. When my daughters were younger, I can remember they'd sit in the other room, like maybe I was in the kitchen or, in, or watching TV or something like that, and I could hear them in the other room playing. And every couple of minutes, one of them would say, Hey, Daddy! I'd say, Yeah? What's up, sweetie? He'd say, um, hi. <laughs> hi, sweetie. And a couple more minutes would go by, Daddy! <laughs> yes, sweetie. Hi. And what I recognized is what my daughters wanted is they wanted the assurance of knowing their father was there with them. Because knowing that I was there with them gave them comfort, it gave them security, it gave them protection, that they knew that they were gonna be okay. And there might be some of you in this room that you need to have a moment where you say, Daddy, you still there, God? Daddy. And just as surely as any good father would, your heavenly father's gonna say, yeah, I'm still here. Still got your back. I still am with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I offer my presence to you today. The truth is, this time of year where we're supposed to be focused on the presence of God, it can be so easy to get caught up in the distractions that take place in our life where we miss it. We miss it. Because there's Christmas parties going on. We're going to leave here and we're going to this person's house. We're going to that person's house. And then we got to get home and we got to do this and get up in the morning. There's all these things going on and we're not looking for his presence. If you've ever bought a vehicle before, you know what this feels like. Where you think that's the coolest new car. It's a red SUV. That's what I want. And you buy the SUV. And when you drive off the lot, you think it's the coolest car in town. And as soon as you drive off the lot, you look and you go, wait a minute. They're driving a red SUV. Wait, there's another one. And there's another one. And you start thinking, oh my gosh, everyone has a red SUV. And by the time you pull in your neighborhood, you see your next door neighbor has a red SUV in their driveway. And you're like, I never realized there were so many red SUVs before. Guys, it's kind of the same way when we start searching for the presence of God. When we're not really looking for them, it's easy to go through the Christmas season, it's easy to go through any time of year and completely miss the fact that he's been there with us all along. But when we decide, you know what? I wanna find Jesus this year. I wanna seek him out, I wanna search for him. When we make a decision to search for God, all of a sudden we're gonna start saying, wow, I never recognized it before, but he's been right here in my workplace. He's been right here in this family dynamic. He's been right here in this scary decision I've been making. I had no idea, but God's presence has been here with me all along. I wanna ask you as we continue in the service to stand with me. And over these next couple minutes as you're standing, we're gonna uh, kind of pause in this service and we're gonna take another worship song and sing together. And when we do, we are going to light candles together. And we're gonna light these candles as a symbol of the fact that God's love is going to light up in every one of our lives. And just like we start seeing God's presence all over the place this Christmas season, it's my hope and prayer that as we look around this room, we start to recognize God's light of his love is shining in every one of our lives.
So I wanna pray for you before we get into this next worship song. And I recognize that there might be some of you in here that go, you know what, whoa, 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 wait, because I need forgiveness. That first thing you talked about, I I feel like I'm far from God and I need forgiveness. I wanna assure you here in just a couple moments, you're gonna have an opportunity to pray a prayer with us and we're all gonna ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and make us right with him. But let me pray with you before we continue on. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your love. We're so thankful that you make your presence available to us. So this Christmas, we don't want to miss it. We don't want to search for everything else and miss you. So God, help us to find your forgiveness. Help us to find your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.